The gospel is found in the book of Luke, chapter 24. Jesus said to his disciples, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up their hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Here ends the word. Thank you, Alan. Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. Well, not everybody is at the race. Look around. Good to see you today. It's a big weekend uh, here in Indianapolis, uh, the largest sporting event in the world. Uh, it's also Ascension Day, and we're going to talk about the view that the apostles had of Jesus being lifted up into heaven. It was a tremendous view, but some of you have seen spectacular views. Uh, I've asked people going out of church to tell me their, their, their favorite view that they can remember. And so far, I've had things like the Grand Canyon and Banff and the sunset uh, on the Gulf of Mexico. And I've had uh, fathers tell me that their favorite view was when they held that first little baby, that, uh, that for their, 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 their child, and what a miracle to look at that baby that was given to them. Uh, Last night, we had a lot of race fans that were going to the, to the race, and one guy said that he still chokes up every time at the beginning of the race with the pomp and circumstance and the parade lap with all the cars. He says it's just the emo most emotional scene that he can think of. Well, what's yours? What's your favorite uh, spectacular view that you can recall? Let me know when you come out of church. Because the one that the apostles had was indeed uh, tremendous. Can you imagine they had gone up to the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives is opposite of Jerusalem with the Kidron Valley between, and there they were overlooking the city of Jerusalem, and Jesus is giving them some final instructions, and all of a sudden, Jesus starts raising up, ascending up, and then it says that a cloud hid them from their sight, and then two men dressed in white, angels, came to them and said, this Jesus whom you're, you saw go up, hey, guess what? He's going to come back the same way that you saw him go. And so today we want to just talk about how that view of Jesus and his ascension changed the apostles and the impact that it can still have on us today because it enables us to have a view that's beyond ourselves, an outward view. It enables us to look up and to know that our help is always from God. And then it enables us to have a view that is always forward, always pressing on toward the goal of the upward call that we have in Jesus. Well, the first kind of view that the apostles had was that of, of outward. And this comes from the instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples in verse 8. Just before he, he, he blasts off, so to speak, lifts up into heaven, he looks at them and says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and finally to the ends of the earth. 
And so they were to have a view that was outward, beyond themselves. Friends, I don't need to tell you that ever since Adam and Eve, our view tends to be very self-centered, isn't it? The middle letter of sin, the big I, is still a barrier for us to look out beyond ourselves. By nature, that's just the way that we are. That's what sin does for us. And yet Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to have a different view of things. And sure enough, it was 10 days later on Pentecost. By the way, next week is Pentecost. Wear red. We're asking you to wear red, okay? Uh, Pentecost, the fire of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And all of a sudden, the words that Jesus had told them about looking out beyond themselves became true. And he says, first of all, I want you to be a witness. A witness is someone who simply shares what they know to be true. You can't talk about what, you, what isn't true for you. But for the apostles, they had seen Jesus die on a cross. They had witnessed the impact of his resurrection. They knew his love and his mercy. And he told them that they would be people who would, would go out and announce the forgiveness of sins in his name, that they were to love and care for all people. And so that impact says, you're going to be a witness. And where are you going to start? He says, first start in Jerusalem. That was their home, right? As I think about uh, being a witness, it starts in our home too. And I don't know about you, but witnessing in your own household can be some of the most difficult things to do. Because people that are under your roof, maybe similar to my house, are sometimes hard to get along with, okay? Uh, they get moody. Uh, they, they do things that you don't expect. And yet God says that's your first calling to be a witness there, that you love and care for them. You worship together as a family. You pray together. It starts in Jerusalem. And then it says Jerusalem and then Judea. And, you know, that's the circle right around you. Maybe that's your neighborhood. Do you know your neighbors? Isn't it neat to see people outside again? Uh, after winter, you know, when, when people are kind of <laughs> just holed up, uh, now they're outside planting flowers and watering and, and mowing the grass and, and doing all sorts of out. It's a wonderful time to get to know your neighbors so that you can call them by name, so that you can build a relational bridge, so that you can let them know that you care about them. And then when things happen, you pray for them, keep them in your prayers. And, and, and that becomes your Judea, Right? And then it says Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Maybe that's central Indiana. That's, that's our ministry scope here at Cornerstone and the support that you give to this church so that we can reach the 57% of unchurched people in Hamilton County. It's, it's tremendous. Our, we, we've got a mission to Samaria and finally to the ends of the earth. Uh, we just had a mission team of college students and adults who just got back from Guatemala last evening. And uh, we're part of that mission to the ends of the earth. Praise God. An impact is being made there too. But he says, we have an outward looking view. It's beyond yourself. It's, it's reaching out to others in the name of Jesus. And you know what? You're part of the team. In the early days of the West, uh, when they had the stagecoaches, uh, you could buy a, uh, a ticket for a passenger ride. And there were three classes of tickets on a stagecoach maybe similar to the airlines today. A first-class ticket on the stagecoach meant that you would be totally served, okay? It meant that uh, you would be, all your needs, your, your food, your drinks, they'd give you blankets, they, and, and if something would happen, if, if the stagecoach would break a wheel or something like that, you would just stay seated. You wouldn't have to do anything. You were being pampered. 
Second class ticket was a little bit different. They would still take care of your needs, but when it came to the time when there was a problem on the stagecoach, you would need to get off the stagecoach, okay? Uh, you, you could watch and see what was going on, but the weight, you would have to get off the stagecoach. That was second class. But if you had a third class ticket, when something went wrong, guess what? You were part of the team to fix it, okay? If a wheel broke, you were right there. If you were attacked by Indians, they'd hand you a rifle, okay? If you were stuck in the mud, you got a rope and you'd be pulling it out. That's just the way it was. You were part of the team. Friends, we are part of the team. We have been called by virtue of our baptism to look beyond ourselves to other people. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witness. Guess what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. You were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that powerful Holy Spirit continues to fill your life with His Word in a few minutes with His sacrament. And so the apostles, the scene before them as Jesus is rising, they, they, God enabled them to have an outward view, but that's not where it stopped. They also had an upward view. It says in the, in the text in, in Acts chapter 1, which is a continuation of Luke chapter 24, same author, the, the evangelist Luke, it says that as Jesus was with them, as he started to rise, they looked intently up into the sky. Their look was up. Isn't that the posture for God's people? You know, one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 121. You may know that psalm too. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Indiana, we don't have many hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, a, a few years ago, you know, when our kids were young, when everyone, all, m many of the families in Carmel, they go south for spring break, right? Well, we found, because we love to ski, that we would go to Colorado skiing, and the, the prices would fall on April 1st, and we were able to get really great deals. We'd load up the van and head out to Colorado, and there we skied with our family. They learned to ski out there. And at one of the resorts, they advertised a worship service on Sundays at 1 o'clock on the top of the mountain. And we said, let's, let's try that. Let's do that today, this Sunday for worship. And sure enough, we found out that the pastors, they do their Sunday morning services, and then they, they, get, they get to go up there and have this service, and then they get to ski free the rest of the day. And I said, boy, it'd be fun to be a pastor out there, wouldn't it? And 1 o'clock, we were up there at the top. It was a beautiful sunny day. The snow was glistening. And there were quite a few people, 50, 75, 100 people. And we all waited for this pastor to come. And we waited and we waited. And finally, at about 10 after, a pastor from the flatlands looked at his watch and said, somebody's going to have to step up here. And so I shared with them the words of Psalm 121. And you know, that's called the skier's psalm because it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. And then the next verse says, he will not let your foot be moved. That's important when you're skiing, right? That, you don't, that, that the edge catches in the snow. He who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you. He will take care of you. The, the Lord will preserve your soul. The Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. It's a special passage for me because it's such a reminder that 
in all of life, we have someone who's there to help us, no matter the circumstance or the situation. You know, this, is, this has been a challenge, the ascension of Jesus, for many Christians, because they figure if Jesus ascended into heaven, then how could he be with his people? How could he fulfill that promise when he said, Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age? How could he do that? Well, that's how he's able to do that. Because he was spatial, he was in one place at one time here on this earth, but then when he ascended to the right hand of the Father, as true God, he could be everywhere at the same time. He could live in your heart. He could live in my heart. And so that is so true for us. And because Jesus is with us, by virtue of our relationship, our faith in him, we have the assurance that we can have an upward look to know that our help is in the name of the Lord. Not only did he make us, but then he remade us in Jesus as his own through his death on the cross and his resurrection. So that now we need not fear. We have confidence that every day that stretches out before us, that Jesus is there for us no matter what we face. In fact, one of my, it's one of my favorite passages that I like to share with people in the hospital. Because when people are in the hospital, generally speaking, what position are they in? They're laying, on their, they're laying on their back. And when you lay on your back, there's only one way to look. Where is that? Up. Up. We have an upward view to know that Jesus is always there for us to bring us through any challenging situation that we have. So we have an outward view as his witness. We have an upward view to know God's care and his provision for our eternity even. But then we have a forward view as well. Remember what the, the two angels, the, the men dressed in white, what they said to the disciples, the apostles? As they were gazing intently up into the sky, the two men said, why are you looking up there like this? They said, this same Jesus whom, whom you saw go up, guess what? He's going to come back in the same way. And it was that promise that kept them going. It was that promise that it says right afterwards, they returned to Jerusalem with joy because they believed what God had said. They believed that Jesus would come back. You know, once in a while you'll, you'll hear people say, what in the world, what is this world coming to anyway? As we face murders and wars and rumors of wars and all these challenges as North Korea has now their missiles trained on us and all the other things that can happen that are bad. And we say, what in the world is going to happen? Well, here's what's going to happen. One day it's all going to come to an end because Jesus will come back. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And it's that assurance, that promise of Christ's return that meant so much, it gave them a forward view, the disciples. And it gives us a forward view that life is lived to the fullest every day. And that God can use you in ways that are amazing to make a difference in the lives of others. That God has called you to be part of his team. That you have an outward look, an upward look to always trust in him in any circumstances, but then a forward look to know that every day you press on, press on, you keep going on with joy, and you choose joy because of the upward call that you have in Christ Jesus. 
you know, I've met many people in my ministry that have demonstrated that kind of forward-looking view, and many of you are here today. One special man that I knew was, was a doctor by the name of Freddie Mortensen in St. Louis, and he was known as the Lutheran doctor in St. Louis. When I was at the seminary, if someone got sick, they'd go see Dr. Mortensen. If uh, the seminary professors, they all went to, many of the pastors and their wives went to Dr. Mortensen. He had a, a, real, a, a real place in his heart for church workers. And by the time I got to be pastor there, he had already retired. Well, Dr. Mortensen uh, got cancer. And uh, he went through treatments, but it didn't work. And finally, you know, he was at home in his final days. And his wife called me up and said, Pastor Luther, would you come over and, and have a devotion and communion? I think these are the last couple days for Freddie. So I said, sure, I'll go over there. And I expected to go over there to lift up his spirits and to assure him of his home in heaven that, that he could look forward to. Well, we had a devotion and we had communion. But then instead of me strengthening him, he was the one who on, he could barely lift up his head, said, Pastor Luther, and he took my hand. And he looked into my eyes and he said, just remember this, don't stop telling people about Jesus. And it was the next day that he died. And you see, it's that kind of forward view that God gives to us as his people that not only trusts him, but then is used by him to make a difference. You've had some spectacular views in your life. And whether it was the, the Grand Canyon or, or whether it was uh, 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 some beautiful lake or, or maybe the, uh, the, the view of your bride coming down the aisle at your wedding. There's, we, we've had some spectacular views in our lives. And yet today on this ascension of our Lord, on this Memorial Day weekend, we remember with thanksgiving those who have gone before us to preserve our freedom. We also remember the new view that we have, the ongoing view that is always outward beyond ourselves, that is upward looking and trusting in God and His grace, and that view that is always forward as we continue to press on toward Him. So have a blessed Memorial Day weekend and enjoy the view, okay?